Thank you for joining us today on Sunday's Thoughts. Today we'll take a look at how Jesus dealt with political unrest, racism, and religious persecution. But before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Father, I thank you today for your love, for the model that we have through Jesus Christ. We thank you for giving us life at this unique time in history. I believe in this time we are standing on the doorstep of the return of Jesus Christ. It is quite possible that many of us will be alive when he returns. I pray, Father, that you would give us wisdom and insight into how to live in these changing times and fill us with your Spirit that we might be light and extend life to those around us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. It will come as no surprise to anyone who isn't living in a cave someplace that today we're experiencing some very turbulent times. We have political unrest. There is bitter rivalry between the two leading parties in our nation's government. They are hateful, spiteful, sarcastic, deceptive, and I'm not saying one is over the other, rude, arrogant. They seek to sabotage one another's leadership. It is really ugly. Race relations are climaxing in a negative way. People mistrust other people of other ethnic groups and races. We even have in politics, in the judicial portion, new definitions for races. Those who claim to have different sexual orientations are seeking race protection. Many feel like they're experiencing governmental oppression, either in a religious, social, economic, or medical-slash-scientific way. There's all types of social pressure, people putting pressure on one another to listen to the government, to rebel against the government, to revolt. Uh, That can be in the area of science and medicine or race relations. There is violence in the streets. There are great moral fluctuations in our country and in our world right now, redefining what is right and what is wrong, and then forcing people who disagree to be quiet and accept things. There's even persecution, especially if you don't follow the current mandates or perceptions of right and wrong. For many of us, we see a climax in all of these things, and the fact that all of these things are taking place at one time gives the appearance of a climax. How is the follower of Jesus Christ supposed to respond to these kinds of things? Many respond by acting the way the world is acting. If you were pushed, push back. If you were insulted, insult back. We take to social media channels, Facebook, podcasts, internet, and we attack. We call names. uh, We point fingers. We criticize those people who have a different viewpoint than we do. 
we respond with the same kind of vitriol that we feel like we are being attacked with. There is literally a social, economic, religious, cultural war going on, especially in America where we live right now. But what is the believer, the follower of Jesus Christ, supposed to do? Are we supposed to just handle this change, handle things going, in our opinion, the wrong way, like sheep? That's a big word today. It has been probably for the last decade. Are you going to be a sheeple? Are you just going to be a silent lamb going to the slaughter? Are you going to be led anywhere that they lead you? We are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, so we should handle these things the way the Lord would handle these things. And in fact, the way the Lord did handle these things. Because in Jesus' day, the politics were the Romans, who were the reigning empire at the time, were in control of Israel. The politics were the Romans, which were Gentiles over the Jewish people. And Judaism was split between Sadducees and Pharisees. It was also split between those who were in bed with the Roman politicians, the Roman government, using their own leadership over the Jewish people to make a profit and to advance their own careers. There was racism between the Jews and various elements of the Jews. There were Hebrew-speaking Jews and then Greek-speaking Jews, and there was racism between them. Racism between the Jews and the Samaritans. Racism between the Jews and the Gentiles. There was all kinds of social and religious pressure to listen to this religious group, the Sadducees, or that group, the Pharisees, obey the laws or be kicked out of the synagogue or be kicked out of your family. The Roman culture was pressing in on Israel. People were accepting more and more the Roman-slash-Gentile way of doing things. It was easier. Sometimes it was better as far as economics or lifestyle. And there were all kinds of personal attacks, especially against the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So how did Jesus handle all of this? And before we go one step further, let me address an objection. There are going to be people who say, but things are different today. Let me use a very, very spiritual word to describe that kind of an argument. It's hogwash. What the people experienced in Jesus's day was intense. They literally were enslaved by the Romans. They were a Roman colony. And at any given time, the Romans could change all of their internal Jewish rules any way they wanted. The pressure, the oppression was palpable. We have it better than they did. So the argument that, well, things are different today is garbage. We have far more freedom to respond to the things around us in a Christ-like way, whatever that is, than probably any other nation in history. So how did Jesus respond? Well, rather than go on the attack, or even the defensive, according to the Gospel of Mark in the very beginning of the Gospel, Jesus simply preached the kingdom of heaven. 
He was in a position in his ministry to lead out and to fight for change, literally to incorporate or mandate change because of his immense popularity. They wanted to make him king of Israel. But Jesus refused. When it came to paying Roman taxes, he said, Render under Caesar what is Caesar's. He didn't preach about the injustice of Roman taxes. He didn't preach about the injustice of Roman imperialism. He preached the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He preached, Who is the one who sits on the throne of the kingdom? It is God. He preached how citizens live and behave in that kingdom. They love, they have compassion, they submit, they serve, especially those who hate them. He preached about what the kingdom is like and how life in that kingdom is to be lived. He preached how to become a part of that kingdom through faith, ultimately through faith in Jesus Christ, through becoming his disciple, his follower. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He preached that they should be looking forward to the physical coming of that kingdom. Spiritually, the kingdom had already come in the believer's hearts. But the physical manifestation of that kingdom was coming, and servants were to look forward to it, citizens were to anticipate it, and prepare for it. And ultimately, Jesus modeled everything that he taught through his own life. The way he handled the Pharisees and Sadducees attacking him, the way he handled people in Israel running him out of town, trying to kill him by running him off of a a mountain, all kinds of attacks and persecutions, rejection. He handled all of that the way he taught his followers to handle that in the kingdom of heaven. He loved his followers. He loved his enemies. He had compassion in racist situations. The Samaritan woman, but also a Gentile woman, other Gentile people. Jesus ultimately is responsible for extending the gospel to the Gentile people. He was respectful. Rather than fight against political oppression, he continued to preach love. He continued to preach truth. He continued to preach the kingdom. And then he would just leave the area if he wasn't wanted. His commands were to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, to pray for our enemies, to pray for those who persecute us. He commanded us to turn the other cheek when insulted or go the extra mile when compelled to by Roman soldiers. He never once said, take up arms and fight. Literally, on the night that he was betrayed, he said, if my kingdom were of this world, then my people would fight. But his kingdom is not of this world. And so the followers of Jesus Christ need to have their focus and their attention on the kingdom of heaven and do in this world, as strangers and aliens, what God has called us to do. And that is, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and model or live the light and life that is in Jesus Christ for those around us. By ranting and raving, by attacking and going on the offensive, we simply alienate those people that we need to take the gospel to. 
No wonder they don't want to listen to us. No wonder they don't want to join us. We don't look any different than they do. Why come into the church if the church is spitting out venom and hatred? There is racism within the church today. I see it all the time. And that should not be the case. There are only two groups of people in this world. Those who are saved, the followers of Jesus Christ, and those who need to be saved. And that's the only distinction we ought to see. It is a sad commentary on the church today that so many have strayed so far from the biblical teaching of Christian citizenship. Even regarding morality, we need to preach the truth, hold to the truth, and to do that in love, not with hatred or spite. And so many rail against immorality today with hatred. People who are caught in immoral living with immoral viewpoints and perspectives need to be saved out of the chains and the enslavement that they are experiencing. They need our compassion and our love and our faithful sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ, because we were all chained like they were to sin. Sheeple? Sheep? If we behave in the way that Christ did, we give the appearance that we're just going along? Well, number one, nothing could be further from the truth, because the greatest response, the most intense response, or the response that will probably elicit the most violent reaction, is to simply proclaim the word of God in this dark generation. But if you want to call me a sheep because I follow Jesus, well, he's the great shepherd. And he calls me sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. He tells me I'm not to behave like the wolves of the world. It doesn't mean I just quietly go along and just mind my own business and let the world go to hell. No, I'm supposed to fight against the world going to hell with the only tool that will protect them from it the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible clearly tells us the direction this world is going to go. We are not going to stop that. There may be periods when it gets better or it looks better, but ultimately we're all going to end in the book of Revelation, in the great tribulation, in the apocalyptic period. The only ones who escape that are those who are saved by the rapture or the resurrection. And the only way you can be saved by the rapture of the resurrection is to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So let's put on Christ. Let's put off all the spite and the hatred. Let's not join in the fight like a bunch of silly, immature children. But let's be filled with the Holy Spirit, the maturity of Christ, and be what we've been called to be, light in darkness, hope for a hopeless generation. This can be said better, but these are simply my Sunday morning thoughts. I encourage you to pray, to study God's Word, to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. And he has sat down at the right hand of the Father, and there he makes intercession for us. And he is coming back for us someday. And we need to be ready. Do not grow weary of doing good. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for the example that we have through the scriptures. Thank you for teaching us about the kingdom of heaven and how to be citizens, how to live in this world as strangers and aliens here, but citizens of the kingdom that is coming. Thank you for Jesus and your love that sent Jesus to die on the cross that we might be saved. And thank you for your long suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And help us, Father, to be long suffering and to faithfully share the gospel so people can know Jesus and life and freedom, liberty in Jesus Christ. The only hope for this world is Jesus. Help us to make that known and fill us with love and compassion and good works that are befitting of the kingdom of heaven. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.